How do you do social distancing in a warehouse and still be productive? Carriers are hitting their breaking point under an avalanche of holiday shipments. And what are some of the technologies that will make major impacts in coming years? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories as well as news and supply chain trends on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the editorial director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale Materials Handling, a leading warehouse brand that specializes in much more than just lift trucks. Logistics operations rely on Yale for everything from robotics and advanced power options to the company's most recent addition, an innovative tag-to-tag solution to help enforce social distancing protocols and inform reactive measures to limit virus spread. For more information, visit Yale.com. That's Y-A-L-E dot com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin, how do managers maintain safe social distancing practices in their distribution operations and still get high productivity from their workforce? To answer that question, here is Ben with today's guest. Ben? Thanks, Dave. Uh, here with us today, uh, we have Kevin Paramore, who's the Emergent Technology Commercialization Manager at uh, Yale Material Handling Corp. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, Kevin, uh, you have a pretty cool title there, Emerging Technology Commercialization Manager. Uh, could you give us a, a quick description of uh, how your specialty uh, fits into the overall mission at Yale? Sure. It's it's a very long title, right? So if you can imagine, it actually takes up the front and back of a business card. Um, but no, all kidding aside, I, I think uh, it, it's a fun uh, title. It's a fun job. And really what I, I specialize is, is all the various emerging technologies in the forefront of the material handling space for Yale. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, that is robotics. It is telematics. We have a solution called Yale Vision. Uh, we also have uh, what we call the Yale Power Suite, which is kind of an agnostic view of uh, what power source is right to drive your lift trucks. So very fun. Gotcha. Gotcha. Really interesting stuff. Um, and some of that technology I know that you guys have been working on is particularly uh, relevant to our challenges today. Um, I know that Yale has a new uh, platform that allows uh, greater safety uh, protocols for workers who are in warehouses uh, during these uh, COVID-19 times. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that and uh, and explain a little bit why uh, Yale uh, created that? Yeah, so um, it's a great question. So yes, we have uh, what we're calling a, a social distancing solution. It is, it is packaged under our Yale Vision portfolio. And, and really what this is, is a proximity tag or a tag that vibrates when, when pedestrians come within six feet of one another. Um, so so there's very, it's scalable. There, there's a lot of different function and features to the solution, but right out of the box, it's meant to promote the social distancing of, of six feet, which is obviously recommended by the CDC. And, and that's particularly important, I imagine, for indoor jobs. Um, I mean, we're all familiar in logistics. You can have an incredibly wide variety of jobs. I mean, a truck driver might be alone in his cab or her cab all day, um, and forklift operators uh, probably have naturally a little bit of distance built in with the vehicle around them, uh, whereas picking and packing workers could be standing shoulder to shoulder. Um, so it, it sounds like the Yale solution allows for that kind of variation. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, and, and 
like you mentioned, the forklift drivers, yeah, you hope in theory they have a, a distance of six feet around them, but those drivers also get out of the seat from time to time and walk throughout the facility. Um, so it applies not only to the material handling space, but could apply to really any office setting or, or anything that's out there today. Um, again, it's that simple reminder that, hey, you're within my, my six foot bubble, and, and it's a reminder to kind of take a step back. Um, and, and you have different levels in the different settings that this applies to, such as you have possibly a new employee that's not as vocal as others or a little more standoffish. And when a, uh, a supervisor comes by and, and encroaches in that space, they, they're reluctant to, to make that request to take a step back, right? So uh, this is a, a very friendly reminder. Um, and then, as I mentioned, it's scalable. So depending on what the, the customer or, or end user wants to, to get from the system, you can also do something called contact tracing. I think that's a, a pretty common term now, uh, un unfortunately thankful to the COVID-19 pandemic, but uh, contact tracing you can do with these tags as well. So not only can you promote the social distancing, but you can build somewhat of a response plan if for some reason, unfortunately, you have a, a positive COVID-19 uh, test result in one of your uh, employees or coworkers. Yeah, important stuff for sure, That as we've all come to learn uh, in, in these last few strange months. Um, I, I'm curious about uh, what, what some of the um, technology challenges um, that, that you faced in, in creating the solution. Um, that, for instance, we write about, you know, technologies like, um, you know, the wireless sensors or uh, RFID sometimes in warehouses, and there can be challenges there with the metal racks or if there are liquids uh, that are stored, uh, sometimes the signals uh, don't work so well in terms of communicating. Um, were there some of those um, challenges that you, that you had to overcome to create this solution? Yeah, so so again, depends on the, the solution you're going after, what, what feature functions you're getting after, but really the, the social distancing, the vibration within itself, it utilizes what's referred to as ultra-wideband, or people refer to it as UWB. Um, it, it really offers no or little interference uh, as it pertains to other, if you're looking at a wireless network or cellular network, it, it really doesn't uh, interfere with those. So there hasn't been a lot of technology challenges. I will, I will say the, we, you know, we, if you're in an office setting, right? So let's say there are walls or racking or, or some other, uh, some other uh, structure in between two uh, operators or uh, two pedestrians. These walls, they don't come into play. So if you have somebody in an office setting sitting at a desk and it is a normal process for people to walk by her, her or his office uh, within six feet of distance, if there's a wall or not, it is going to vibrate or count that as an occurrence. So mm -hmm. it's just knowing the, these, uh, how, how efficient, how effective these, these tags are, uh, it's good to know your business rules or an internal setting. Yeah, absolutely. That that's really interesting. Um, and and as you mentioned about business rules, um, I imagine that uh, the tags fit into uh, sort of a range of other safety measures um, for avoiding coronavirus infections. Um, I mean, people talk about uh, you know measuring body temperature uh, when when people show up at work sometimes, or of course there's the hand washing uh, that we're all used to, and um, that makes you making sure that you offer paid sick leave uh, to ensure that people stay home when they have to. Um, it, 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 this sounds like it also, um, you know, fits into a, a bigger picture there uh, of supporting the continued warehouse work. Sure. I mean, um, let, let's face it. I mean, there's not a known silver bullet in combating the COVID pandemic in the workspace. Uh, I have to say that social distance, the social distancing solution that we offer is a complement to all of what you just referenced, 
right? So wearing a mask is a known, washing hands is a known, and social distancing are all a must. But it, the, the question is, how do you how do you provide data around it? So uh, even measuring body, you mentioned measuring body temperature is helpful, but it's not foolproof, right? So it's known that many asymptomatic individuals are walking around the, where, the warehouse today with the virus, um, and that there would be no increase in body temperature. Um, Yale's social distancing system really differentiates itself in a few ways. One, it promotes, the, you know, it, right out of the box, it promotes the social distancing, which is one of the key deterrents. Uh, two, it offers, you know, data to back communications to your workforce. So in other words, if one person on your assembly line should test positive, without data, you know, all of your assembly line more than likely would quarantine. You know, you would, you would unfortunately probably shut down the line. Uh, you'd be forced to halt production, sanitize the area, um, and then find skilled replacements to fill during that, that quarantine period, potentially. Now with the data, you can pinpoint who and how many of the line workers were within that six foot, uh, six foot radius during the duration for that, whatever the time is that CDC recommends, which I think now it's 15 minutes within a 24 hour period you have that actual data to back your, your decisions and, and notifications to fellow employees uh, and, and follow your internal guidelines on how you communicate that. And, and I, I think uh, for this next question, I, it sounds like we sort of covered it um, in, in some of our uh, previous discussion of, of this uh, interesting platform, but um, did, does Yale see uh, this kind of tool as something that could be used outside of the warehouse as well, or is it more specific to uh, logistics work? Yes. Yeah, so, so again, this is not specific to a warehouse. It's not tagging on to uh, to a Wi-Fi network at certain at the base level. So it could be used in an outdoor setting, indoors, uh, doctor's office, prison, school system. I mean, it, it could go across many different applications. I mean, this this solution really started, um, and we were able to bring this solution very quickly to the market for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, one, we had, uh, let's just say, a major customer that we had partnered with and a great technology partner. Uh, we were working on a solution to really do the same thing, but around forklifts, right? So forget about the pedestrians and the tags for a minute, but we were looking at how do we offer real-time location sensing? How do we uh, buffer the, the distance around forklifts? Um, so when, when, when COVID set in, it, it made us, it made an easy, uh, gateway to kind of go down this path to offer this, uh, we, we had customers that are requesting this, um, and how do we develop this quickly and bring it to the market? So, uh, we've had some great deployments and again, not just in the material handling space, but, but outside of that as well. That's really interesting, uh, Kevin, and, and, and for sure, um, here at the magazine and our coverage, uh, what we've seen a lot of uh, really inspiring uh, creative solution finding uh, by, by companies throughout the logistics sector um, as, as they've continued to operate uh, through these times. Um, Kevin, we, we really appreciate your being uh, here with us today and, uh, and bringing us up to speed on, on some of the latest technology. Of course, thanks again for the time. And, and again, if you have further questions, feel free to reach out to you know, your local Yale dealer. Sure will, thanks. Uh, back to you, Dave. Thank you, Kevin and Ben. Now let's take a look at some of the other supply chain news from the week. Victoria, we all knew that with the high amount of online shopping that is going on this holiday season, it was just a matter of time before carriers hit their capacity limits. And it certainly seems that many carriers are now reaching that exact breaking point. What have we learned so far? 
Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's 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 really getting to crunch time for shippers to get their this year's massive increase in e-commerce orders to customers by the holiday. And the news we've heard, as you mentioned, um, sort of about UPS and FedEx, you know, taking steps like raising prices and adhering to strict volume limits is really having an impact on delivery throughout the supply chain. So I spoke to leaders at Last Mile Technology Company Convey about it this week, and they put the issue into perspective with some on-time performance statistics for uh, the big three parcel carriers, UPS, FedEx, and the U.S. Postal Service. So Convey tracks this information through its um, what it calls its Parcel Network Pulse Dashboard, and that provides real-time parcel shipment data from its clients base, and it, it pulls in other industry data and weather and all that to really help retail clients spot fulfillment bottlenecks that are affecting their e-commerce deliveries. So I took a look and, and I said, you know, as I said, talk to them about that. And what do those statistics show? Yeah, so, uh, well, for instance, looking at Black Friday through Cyber Week, um, the statistics show that FedEx and UPS saw only a slight dip in on-time performance, and that's largely due to the measures they've taken to manage this year's volume, like we just talked about. Um, the U.S. Postal Service, on the other hand, saw on-time performance drop in the same period. It's important to note the Postal Service is taking packages that UPS and FedEx won't, and that it's also seen unprecedented volume this season on a different level, you know, including um, increase, uh, an increase from mail-in ballots for the recent presidential election, and then the uptick, as we said, from, from holiday shipping. Um, but uh, Convey's data shows that the Postal Service has actually doubled its market share in e-commerce since October. Uh, but again, they've seen a corresponding decrease in on-time performance. I think it's dropped by something like 10% each week for the last couple of weeks. Another interesting statistic is their, um, this, what they call their click-to-deliver performance or CTD performance measure. And this is the time from when a consumer hits purchase to when the order is actually delivered. And it takes into consideration both fulfillment and transit time. And that statistic, that measure has risen considerably in the last few weeks. The biggest increase being on the fulfillment side, which is from purchase to when the product's picked up for delivery as they measure it. And that's increased about 72% in the last month or so. So for shippers, all this means that as they work to get their orders ready for delivery, many of those packages are sitting on docks or just waiting to be picked up by carriers. So what are those shippers doing to address the problem and make sure that their orders are delivered on time? Well, that's the big question, right? Because we want to make, all make sure our, our uh, holiday packages are received on time. Much of this was planned for early. Um, what I, from what I'm told, you know, we've talked a lot about this extended peak season we're in. You know, we had Amazon with its Prime Day in October and efforts by some of the other large retailers, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, to really encourage early shopping through, this, um, through sales and promotions. The idea was to spread out demand and try to address some of these issues ahead of time. So that's one thing. The other big tactic is to leverage sort of alternate fulfillment methods, particularly curbside pickup and things like buy online, pickup and store. Curbside has been a big push, as I think we all know, due to the pandemic and people, you know, not wanting to go into stores. Retailers that have been able to be really successful with these kind of alternative fulfillment methods are much better off than those who are trying to who are solely relying, I should say, on the uh, the big three for delivery. So it's an issue that's going to continue, as we've talked about even on this podcast the last, you know, several weeks, um, you know, through the holiday season and even into the return season. Yeah. So bottom line, if you're a consumer, you want to get those packages mailed very quickly at this point. Ab absolutely. Yeah. No more. No more waiting. <laughs> and Ben, you've recently written about a number of technologies that we believe will make significant impacts in our industry in the coming years. Can you tell us more? 
Uh, that's right, Dave. It's it's uh, sort of the, the often at the end of the year, we often take a look forward at, at, at uh, sort of forecasting what's going to be coming up um, in, in the coming year or years. Um, in, in this case, uh, there was a recent forecast uh, on the topic from the technology advisory firm Lux Research uh, that we wrote about this week, uh, and they listed 12 transformational technologies uh, that they are predicting uh, will have um, a, a real impact over the next decade. Uh, so while the list uh, spanned five different industries, uh, there were several items uh, that were very familiar uh, for supply chain companies. Um, the first one on the list was autonomous vehicles, uh, which will come as no surprise for people who have been following the progress of self-driving trucks on, on the highways and uh, the autonomous mobile robots in, inside warehouses. Um, especially for autonomous trucks, that sector has hit some delays lately. Uh, remember that Tesla's big announcement of its electric Tesla Semi, um, which was supposed to be highly automated, if not fully self-driving, uh, was originally supposed to ramp up production back in 2019. Uh, so we're still waiting for that, obviously. Uh, but remember, this list uh, from Lux Research covers the technology we'll see over the next decade, so uh, there's still some time to develop that. Uh, the second item on uh, that list was natural language processing, uh, which sounds a little wonky, uh, but that's actually the technology behind a lot of familiar te uh, stuff that we use every day, um, like if you might have an Amazon uh, Alexa uh, virtual assistant or uh, that use the Siri and Google um, smartphone uh, voice interfaces. Uh, even uh, from the television remotes uh, from Comcast and uh, some other providers. Um, and the fourth one was artificial intelligence enabled sensors. Um, again, definitely something we've been tracking in logistics. Uh, you know, we, we see sensors um, increasingly important for track and trace, for inventory management, um, and that's supposed to really accelerate even faster um, with the rollout of the fifth generation or 5G wireless data networks. Did the report mention any specific companies that are using these technologies? Uh, good question. The, the report did not. Um, the, the, the Lux technology, they, they were just talking about um, the, the general technologies themselves. However, um, we covered another couple stories um, in recent weeks where we saw some, uh, some specific examples. Um, one of them um, just uh, two days ago was a, a third-party logistics provider uh, called Port Logistics Group. And, uh, and they said that they're gonna launch 150 autonomous mobile robots or AMRs in a single one of their warehouses in California. Uh, those AMRs are from Locus Robotics uh, and they're supposed to help warehouse workers do faster fulfillment uh, to handle that flood of e-commerce orders uh, that Victor Victoria was talking about as well. Uh, and of course, uh, also while helping uh, to support social distancing guidelines um, as we we're talking about with our guests from Yale. Uh, and about a month ago, we covered another example um, where FedEx said that they were using autonomous tugs from Vecno Robotics uh, to move, again, uh, the large e-commerce packages around their DCs. Uh, and FedEx is also experimenting even with an outdoor, a last mile delivery uh, scooter that carries parcels down the sidewalk to consumers' homes. Um, that one comes from a company called Deca Research, um, which is the firm that uh, invented that Segway scooter that you might see around uh, for doing uh, sort of tours around cities, uh, but kind of thing. So, uh, so it, it's interesting that there, there are definitely some examples uh, where these things are getting traction. Yeah. Well, it'll certainly be fun to watch which of these technologies will actually pan out to make a true and lasting impact in coming years. Thanks, Ben. Glad to. We encourage listeners to go to dcvelocity.com for more on these and other supply chain stories. Go there to check it all out. 
Thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights of the news this week. Thanks, Dave. It's always fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. And again, our thanks to Kevin Paramore for being with us today. We encourage your comments on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. We also encourage you to rate this podcast if your podcast platform allows for that. We appreciate your feedback. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Yale. High-performing warehouses depend on Yale for industry-leading lift trucks and much more. For robotics, power options, and even solutions to help with social distancing and reactive measures to limit virus spread. Visit Yale.com for more information. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when we will talk about how companies create a culture that fosters innovation. Be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.